Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me read you something as we get going this morning. Um, Listen. Two men were called on in a large classroom to recite the 23rd Psalm. And one was trained, was trained in speech and technique and drama. He repeated the Psalm in a powerful way. And when he finished, the audience cheered and even asked for an encore that they might hear his wonderful words again. Well, then the other man who was much older repeated the same words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But when he had finished, no sound came from a large crowd. Instead, people sat in a deep mood of devotion and prayer. And then the first man, the orator, stood to his feet and he said, I have to make a confession. He said, the difference between what you just heard from my old friend and what you heard from me is this. I know the psalm and my friend knows the shepherd. Don't you love that? Chapter 10 is is a familiar chapter of the Good Shepherd. Chapter 10 is very devotional versus doctrinal. Chapter 10 has one of the most beautiful word pictures in the New Testament of the shepherd and the sheep's relationship. Chapter 10, are you listening? Comes from on the heels of chapter 9. Not just because 10 comes after 9. Tell me you knew that. Amen but also in terms of thought. Remember in chapter 9? Just raise your hand if you were here with me in chapter 9. Just raise your hand nice and high. That's a good number of you. You know then Jesus in chapter 9 healed the blind man, and they cast him out or they unsynagogued him. And keep in mind, there's no change in crowd. So Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, who were self-appointed, self-righteous, false shepherds of Israel who didn't know God. And they didn't love God, or they didn't care about God. They didn't care about the sheep. And they trampled on the sheep. And they drove them and cursed them and cast them out. Now it's interesting because chapter 9 leaves us with a man who was cast out of the temple or the fold. In chapter 10, Jesus is the good shepherd of the fold. Now listen, false teachers and false shepherds are all the same and they never change. In the Old Testament, the New Testament, in the 21st century, wherever they go, they're always the same. They don't care about the people. They don't care about the flock. They don't care about um, the sheep. They only care about themselves. They're in it for the power and the prestige and the self-glory. False teachers and false shepherds are in it for one thing, and that is money. If you've been with us, you know that Jesus healed the sight of the blind man. 
And as his sight gets clearer and clearer, the blindness of the Pharisees become darker and darker. And the division couldn't be more deeper or wider. Blasphemy or worship? Chapter 9 came down to where do you sit with Jesus? Not on the fence, I hope. Somebody once said, fences make terrible seats. Well, you'll get that on the way home. All right. Chapter 9, Jesus is taking the blind man from blindness to blazing deity. That's where Jesus is taking us in chapter 10. This section divides nicely in verses 1 through 18 in three parts. You got a pen? I'm going to give them to you. The first part, we'll talk about Jesus claims to be the shepherd to the sheep in verses 1 through 6. The shepherd to the sheep. In the second part, Jesus claims to be the door to the fold. We'll find that in verses 7 through 10. And then the third part, finally, Jesus claims to be the good shepherd in verses 11 through 18. Jesus claims to be the shepherd to the sheep, the door to the fold, and the good shepherd. I've titled this sermon, The Good Shepherd, Part 1. If you come back next week, I'll be entitled in that sermon, The Good Shepherd, Part. Anybody know? Two. Amen. Y'all all right? All right. The Good Shepherd, Part 2. John chapter 10, saints, we pick up in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, I want you to say amen. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus, in verse 6, used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he had spoken to them. And then in verse 7, Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who enter, or all who ever came before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be, what saints? Saved, and will go in and out and find what? Pasture. The thief does not come. Oh, verse 10 is awesome. Come on, read it with me. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees. Why? Because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have in verse 16, which are, underline verse 16, other sheep which I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. You see, nobody killed Jesus. 
Do you see that? He laid down his life that he might take it up again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Number one, Jesus claims to be the shepherd to the sheep in verses one through six. I want you to look at verse one again, if you will. Notice Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, some of your Bibles, if you have a pen, you might want to write this down. It says, truly, truly, most assuredly could be truly, truly. Or the King Jimmy says, verily, verily. It means, amen, amen, seriously, solemnly, truthfully, emphatically. Jesus says, amen, amen, emphatically. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. Now, saints, I want you to go back to chapter 9 and look at verse 40. Chapter 9 and look at verse 40 and 41. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see. Therefore, your sin remains. And then in, stay with me. And then in chapter 10, verse 1, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Now listen, look at me. Give me your attention. You know that chapter and verse is not inspired of God. Chapter and verse is placed there by man for easy read. So we read chapter one, verse, and so it's there for easy read. But it's not there inspired by God. So there's no chapter and breaks in John's gospel. It's just one letter. So chapter nine, verse 41 goes right into chapter 10. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way as a thief and a robber. So we conclude, listen, that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And they are the thieves and the robbers. They got their position of shepherd-like leadership self-appointed. They're not faithful shepherds. They're strangers. Look at verse 5. Jesus says, true sheep will not follow them because they don't know their voice. And let me tell you a little bit about the cultural context here. Sheep and shepherds were very familiar in this culture. In the oldest book of the Bible, anybody know what the oldest book of the Bible is? The book of Job. Very good. Job is said to have had 14,000 sheep. A man's wealth was decided by how many sheep he owned. When the temple was dedicated, 120,000 sheep were given to the temple. David and Moses both were shepherds. Now, Jesus' style of teaching was very cultural. We call that an idiom. If you're taking notes, you write it down. I-D-O-M-S, an idiom. An idiom is a, 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 a way of teaching culturally, using the culture or the things around to make a point. Are you following me so far? Uh, do you remember John chapter 15? They're walking by some gates, and Jesus says to the disciples, he says, fellas, see those gates? And they go, yeah. And he says, you see the vines and the grapes on the vines and on, the, on the gate? And they say, yep. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he who abides in me shall bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit. The chapter goes on. That's an idiom using the grapevines and the grapes. So here, 
Jesus, notice verse 6, tells us that Jesus used this illustration to teach. If Jesus were here today, he would use an idiom. An idiom today, if Jesus were using an idiom today, he'd probably say something like, you know the verse that says, write thy word upon the tables of thy heart. He might say, write thy word upon the hard drive of thy heart. You see? Or, you know, the verse that says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He might say, uh, Facebook me or tweet me, all ye that labor or are heavy laden. I'm working here, people. I'm just trying to help you understand. Okay? So it's cultural. Now, in Israel, listen, very important for you to know that in Israel, each village had a sheepfold. A sheepfold was a common property of the people of that village. A sheep, all sheep were kept in that sheepfold. So during the day, the sheep would go and graze on the hillside. At night, the shepherd would lead their sheep back into the sheepfold. And a man was hired to care for the sheep, and that man was called a porter or a gatekeeper. The porter's job was to shut and lock the door and not allow anyone to have access. If the sheepfold didn't have a door, the porter, watch this, would lay across the entrance of the sheepfold. Really interesting, between second service and this service, some lady, she had her iPad with her and she found um, a gate on her iPad. And she said, oh, is this what you mean, the sheepfold? And, it, and it, was a, it was a wall with a gate on it. And I said, well, yeah, that looks like a sheepfold. But in Jesus' day, they didn't have a gate. They actually had a gatekeeper or a porter who would lay across the entrance of the gate to protect the sheep from the wolves or thieves coming in during the night. Only the shepherd could get in through the door. The porter wouldn't let a thief or a robber in. Many times a thief or a robber would climb over the wall and try and steal the sheep. And if the sheep were noisy or they were like, bah, too loud when they were trying to be stolen, then which is a good thing, then, then the, the thief or the robber would slit their throat and throw them over the wall to someone who was waiting on the other side. So the shepherd would leave their sheep at night. In the morning, they would come and get the sheep. And maybe the shepherd would be talking to the porter about the night's events. And the porter is telling the shepherd, well, you know, uh, sheep Elsie, was uh, giving all the other sheep a problem last night. And, um, uh, you know, you might want to have a chat with Elsie or something like that, you know. And then when they're having this conversation and all the other sheep would then perk up because they recognized the voice of the shepherd. And then he called them by name and they followed him out to pasture. Every shepherd knew their sheep by name and every sheep knew their shepherd. Are you listening? Now get this, as the shepherd called each sheep to come to the door, he would take his rod and put it down so low the sheep couldn't get under it. And the shepherd would stop the sheep. And it was at that time the shepherd would check the sheep for any cuts or any bruises or anything that might be hurting them that happened during the night. And it was as if they were going through an inspection. If they passed the inspection, then the shepherd would lift the rod and the sheep would pass under the rod and he would do this for each sheep. Now listen, it's an interesting verse in Ezekiel chapter 20, chapter 20 verse 37, 
which tells us, I will make you pass under the rod. I have it for you on the screen. I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Now, that's not a rod of judgment. That's a rod of entrance into the kingdom God is talking about. And that means before Israel enters the kingdom, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going to stop every sheep and check every sheep and make sure there's no scratches and no hurts and no injuries. You see how much God cares and loves his own? And that's why we were talking about, oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Yes, he loves us. Oh, how much he loves us. For God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, are you listening? Christ died for us. How he loves us. Oh, how much he loves us. I don't think you know how much he loves you. Because we sometimes equate man's love with God's love. It cannot be compared. God loves you so much more. God loves you more than you love yourself. And I know you think that's hard. Because I know you love you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. (laughs) But God loves you that much more. And it matters not what you think about God. Whether you love God or not does not matter. Whether you hate God or not does not matter. Whether you believe in God or not does not matter. God loves you yet still. Even if you hate him, he loves you. If you don't believe in him, he loves you. Because we serve a God of love. Can somebody clap your hands and say amen? He loves you. So verse 6 tells us, now I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6 tells us, Jesus used this story as an illustration. Some of your Bible says a figure of speech or word picture. So we have a sheepfold. Here's a cast of characters. We have a sheepfold. We have sheep. We have a shepherd, a doorkeeper, a door. And a stranger. Did you notice Jesus doesn't specifically call himself the shepherd, although implied? So what is the meaning? Obviously, if it says here in verse 6 that Jesus uses as an illustration, then what does each of these represent? What is the meaning? What do they represent? Well, some people say, listen, that the sheepfold represents the church. And the only problem with that is that if the sheepfold is the church, then the shepherd is leading the sheep out of the church. That doesn't make sense. And the thief and the robber are stealing sheep out of the church. Some say the sheepfold represent heaven. The only problem is thieves and robbers and nobody else can climb into heaven. Say amen if you knew that. Okay. There's only one way to get into heaven. Amen. It is by Jesus, but also before that, you got to die. Amen. If you don't die, you can't get into heaven. Y'all need coffee? Okay, you got to die to get into heaven. Or you got to, and, and then you got to come through Jesus in order to get into heaven. Listen, I don't think the sheepfold represents heaven or the church. So what does it represent, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. The sheepfold, listen, represents Israel. You're taking notes, write that down. The sheepfold represents Israel. The sheep in our text are the Jews. Now, I know automatically you're thinking, well, what about me? Where am I? Well, you're in verse 16. You're the other sheep. Don't worry, I got you. Okay, you're in verse 16. But in our text, 
Israel is the sheepfold and the Jews are the sheep. The door, listen, you're taking notes, write it down. The door represents the Messiah's authority by fulfilling the messianic prophecies. Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Do you know that there were over 300 prophecies in the Bible that was spoken about Jesus a thousand years before he was even born, that he came and fulfilled every one of them to the T? Somebody once said it like this. I know I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to give it a try. Somebody once said it like this. Jesus fulfilling 300 prophecies to the T would be like covering the state of Texas like one inch thick with, with, with quarters or 50 cent pieces or something, covering the whole state and taking one coin and putting a red X on it and place it somewhere in the state of Texas. And then somebody actually walking up and the first coin they pick up, that's the coin that they pick up, that red X coin, that, that, that exact coin. That would be the probability of Jesus fulfilling 300 prophecies to the T of written about him before he was ever born. So Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies spoken about him before he was ever born. He was the virgin born of a son of God. Isaiah 7.14 tells us that. Here's just a few. He was born in Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5. He was the prophet of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. Isaiah 53 tells us he was the crucified. He was crucified with sinners. He was declared to be the son of God by his words and his works. Listen, Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Therefore, he comes through the door the right way. Not only does he come through the door the right way because he fulfilled every messianic prophecy. Y'all follow me? Because he fulfilled every messianic prophecy, but he is the door according to the Bible. Now, the thieves and the robbers, well, they represent the self-appointed, self-glorified Pharisees who were false shepherds sneaking in over the walls to try to fleece and slaughter the flock. They're fleecing and slaughtering the sheep with false doctrine. Are you listening? The false doctrine of health, wealth, and prosperity, that God wants you to be rich. And if you're not rich, then you must be in sin because God wants everybody to be rich. That's false doctrine. Somebody say a better amen than that. That's false doctrine. The false doctrine, they're fakes. They're leaders claiming to be from God, claiming to be true shepherds. Jesus is the shepherd Messiah, the only rightful shepherd who has the messianic authority to come in the door and leads his elect out. He's leading them out of Judaism and leading them out of religiosity and leading them out of false doctrine into a new relationship with God through him. When he laid down his life for us, when Jesus died and laid down his life for us, that gave us the ability to enter into a new relationship with God. Now, Israel has always had false, false shepherds, you know that. False shepherds who fleece the flock and feed on the flock. 
false leaders who try and climb the wall to impose their false messiahship on the sheep. And anybody who's trying to come in from another angle is a thief and a robber. And it's interesting because Jesus makes a powerful, powerful statement. And perhaps you missed it in Matthew regarding them. It's in Matthew chapter 23, verse 15. Jesus said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte and one convert to your false flock. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Jesus is saying, you are false shepherds stealing the sheep of Israel and turning them into the children of hell that you are. This week I'm reading in my devotion time, and, and I, I honestly, this is a long passage, but I have to read it to you, talking about what God thinks about false shepherds. You want to know what God thinks about false shepherds? Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 10. Listen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.